Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 133 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Now, 133 is a semi-prime, the product of two prime numbers, namely 7 and 19. Today, we're going to discuss two Pro Tour events, the Philippines Open and the upcoming Australian Open. In the questions, we'll talk about forehand top spins, relaxing while playing, seamless table tennis balls, how to disguise your topspin serve, and much, much more. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alloys Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alloys. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, yes, good to be back. Um, you had a few days away, so uh, yeah, nice to be back on the show. Indeed, yes. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I was in um, in Adelaide uh, doing some coaching with uh, with our national para squad, some of our national national para squad members from uh, South Australia and Western Australia, and uh, yeah, one one guy, uh, Connor Johnston, comes over all the way from Western Australia to South Australia. It mightn't sound like it's very far to you guys over there, but um, I think it's a three and a half hour plane trip or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, uh, yes. It's a lot of kilometres, isn't it, Alois? <laughs> it is. Certainly, yep. certainly not afternoon drive. Okay, yeah. Well, I, Alois, uh, went to a cube competition on the weekend and uh, solved um, some Rubik's Cubes. Got a new PB average of 43 seconds. So I was pretty happy oh, with that. like it. And it's a pity this show wasn't uh, show 24587 number because that's how many people have solved the Rubik's Cube faster than me in competitions. 24? 24,587. Oh, I thought it was just the 24. No, that's a lot of people that have solved it faster than me, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I'm working so, on it. Yeah, you've got to keep working on it, Jeffrey. It's just a matter of time. And remember, Jeff, the good days will come. I love I love your enthusiasm there, Alice. But it's an interesting concept, isn't it? At you know, older people at my age, you know, forty, am I able to you know pick up something a skill like that and improve and get better as as much as the younger kids? Do you think that's possible, or is age actually a barrier? I reckon Felix has got you covered personally, but. Um, <laughs> But your your son, how old how old is he, Jeffrey? Uh, seven. Seven, and I reckon his rate of improvement has been pretty fast, hasn't it? So, what's his average now, or what's his what's his best? Oh well, his best is at the competition is one hundred and four, but he's done a one hundred and one at home, so one minute one second, and at the competition he just got a one minute fifteen average. Wow, So yeah, so like, there's definitely there's definitely fast improvement there do you reckon it's faster than yours i mean it, yes it, it's hard yeah, to I've, say practiced because... a lot, I've practiced a lot more than he has and he has improved yeah a lot quicker than i did hmm. yeah so it probably probably does show us something doesn't it it's yeah. uh, plasticity of the brain of the young of the young kids Pro- probably got something to it yeah, probably. Anyway, I will keep working on it and see see if I can um, get better. <laughs> and I guess, you know, people out there with table tennis, you know, keep working on it and you will get better. That's right. And, um, yeah, just got to stay ahead of that kid. 
Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I've got to stay ahead of him. Can't let him beat me. Uh, I think it might be a losing battle, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, we've got a big show lined up, Alois. Um, first up, let's talk about some Pro Tour events that have been on. The Philippines Open has just completed. Yeah, the Philippines Open um, yeah, finished on the weekend. Um, so uh, the, the men's, uh, Jung Young-sik, the Korean player, um, lost in the final to, um, to a not highly rated uh, Japanese guy, Oshima. So, um, yeah, so Yuya Oshima won 4-0 in the final. I mean, some close games, but, uh, yeah, certainly a big win for Oshima. Um, and in the women's, um, some more well-known names. So the two Japanese players um, facing off in the final and Ishikawa beating uh, Ai Fukuhara in the final 4-2. So the exciting thing for me out of that is that uh, all of those players are coming to the Australian Open uh, this week and uh, the Australian Open group matches starting, um, they start tomorrow? Oh, no, the day after, on the 3rd. So they start on the 3rd of June, on Wednesday. And uh, and Jeff and I are lucky enough to be going up and doing the commentary on the last day for the finals on the Sunday as well. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully we get to see all of those guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Alois. It's going to be very exciting to have some of the top players in the world back in Australia again. So, yeah, um, going to be some exciting table tennis and... We'll be, yeah, commentating, like you said. So uh, keep an eye out. We'll um, let you know where you can listen to to us talk more about these games. Yeah, so uh, like just having a look at the qualifying groups, you know, players like Wuji Kang, the, the Singapore player who we saw last year, and Sumyajit uh, Ghosh from India, both in the qualification rounds, um, along with Cedric Newtink, Noitink um, actually just won the men's doubles at the Philippines Open. So, yeah, some, some good names um, coming out for the Australian Open. Really looking forward to that. Excellent. All right. Now, Alois, the, um, yesterday, or well, not yesterday, the last Ping Skillers question of the day was, what is the single most important muscle for table tennis? Yeah, well, for, for me, it's the legs. Um, like a lot of people think about, you know, the wrist and the arms and that sort of thing, but I, I reckon the legs are so important. And probably probably your quads, you know, these ones here, I reckon they're, uh, they're, the, they're the most important muscle because they're what really give you a good base um, and allow you to propel your, your, yourself and to generate the power for your strokes. So... For me, that is that is the real important um, uh, factor: the, the quads um, in your legs. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I'll, I'll go along with that. Um, that sounds like a you know good answer. You know, you need to have strong legs for yeah good balance and for good footwork. So yeah, it's pretty important. Um, yeah, and we had a if lot look, of risk. yeah. If you look at all the top players and if you look at you know their physique. Their legs is the thing that really stands out. Their quads are the things that really stand out. Um, so you'll notice their, their upper body development isn't all that uh, great. But if you have a look at their legs, always strong. Indeed, yeah. So, again, we've got a lot of responses on uh, the Facebook page about the Pink Seals question of the day. And 
Um, quite a lot of people said the brain alloys. Yes, yes, a few people did say the brain. Um, Is that yeah. a muscle? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not an anatomist and, and, and something. I'm not smart. <laughs> yes. Anyway, thanks for all your responses. And um, that, Alois, moves us on to the Ping Skillers question for today. And it is a good one. It is, who has the better backhand, Ma Long or Wang Hao? So, um, you know, two contrasting styles there um, with uh, Wang Hao using the reverse um, pen hold backhand. And, you know, the first time I ever saw him play that backhand, I, I thought he was a shake hand player, Alois. Yeah, he, he, he whips through on it so quickly, doesn't he? So, it, so he's playing with a pen hold grip and he's just, he's just here and he's just bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it's really hard to see what he's doing uh, the first time you see it. And, yeah, he was one of the first players to actually use the reverse pen hold grip uh, or the reverse pen hold backhand. So, um, yeah, it was like, whoa, what is that when we first saw it? Yep. So um, to answer that question, you can go onto our Facebook page at facebook.com slash pingskills, go onto our YouTube channel or go to our website and um, sign up for a free account. And by doing that, you'll get access to our newsletter as well. And then you'll be able to ask the coach any questions. You'll be able to comment on questions and comment on the blog. And that's where you'll find this Ping Skillers question of the day. So go to pingskills.com, sign up for your free account and get involved. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Um, we've got uh, quite a few people, allies, who have jumped on and used the Q&A app on our Google Plus page to ask us questions live on the show. And we love the live questions. So if you want to do that, you just, yeah, visit our website again. Go down the bottom. You'll see our little Google Plus icon. Click on that and you'll see our show and click on the little Q&A button to ask us a question. First up, Connor Alois has said, hi, guys. Who do you believe has the best footwork in the world at the moment? Well, I was just talking about Connor Johnston. He's the guy from, from Perth who uh, came over to uh, South Australia. So welcome, Connor. Um, Connor, apart from you, of course, um, probably Zuzin. Like Zuzin's forehand footwork is just mind-blowing. I mean, he, he's, he's, he just moves so well. And, you know, there we were talking about the leg strength earlier. Have a look at his quads and the development in his quads and just how fast he can move. So, I mean, he because he's a pen holder, he tends to play a lot of forehands um, and basically plays forehands from all over the table. And, you know, when you're playing against your Zhang Zikers and Ma Longs, you have to be able to move fast to be able to cover the whole table with your forehands. So, for me, Zhu Zin, like at the moment, is just... Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably way ahead with the, in the in the footwork department. Yeah, he was the one that came straight to the top of my mind too, Alois. I mean, he can play, he can pivot and play a forehand from his backhand, get pushed out wide, play a forehand, and then they'll go back sort of to his backhand side, and somehow he's back there playing another forehand, and you're like, that's just not possible. Um, yeah, so I mean, if you've never seen Zuzin play. Put it into Google, zooms in, have a look at his footwork. It is unbelievable. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question is from Noel, who says, Hello, coaches. I know I'm playing too much. I had acute back pain a few days ago, and I think it's because of picking up those ping pong balls. 
Do you have any exercises or tips to remedy the situation? Uh, yes. Get yourself a ball picker upper. Um, get yourself like they're they're pretty oh, they're pretty simple to make. Um, we might just put a link on um, a picture of it or something. Or um, there's also the my ping pong buddy, um, which I tend to use now, and um, they're they're really simple and, and easy to use as well. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I went through the years and years of picking up table tennis balls, and when we trained in the academy, I remember the hours and hours of picking up table tennis balls. Get yourself one of those ball picker-uppers of some sort, and uh, it'll just save you back. Yeah, just just do it. It's worth it. <laughs> Great tip, Alois. And, yeah, as far as, you know, remedying your back, you know, probably best to see a specialist. I mean, Alois and I aren't doctors, and, you know, the backs are very tricky things, so you do want to get it right. So, no, yeah, maybe just go see a specialist and see if he's got some tips for you. And then get that ball picker up right, to save your back in the future. All right. Now, uh, Johan says, do you think the pendulum serve became so popular because it was easy to hide the contact point compared to, for example, the backhand serve? Um, yeah, that would certainly be a one one factor but the the pendulum serve also allows you to use your wrist um really easily um compared to the backhand serve so the backhand serve you really have to alter your grip to be able to use your wrist um same with the same with the uh tomahawk serve the pendulum serve is just easier for generating a lot of spin um by utilizing your wrist so i think that's probably one of the main reasons that the serve became popular it certainly was also easy to hide the ball um, behind your body when you were doing it in the days when you were allowed to do that, of course. Yeah, so now you're not allowed to hide that behind uh, the pendulum serve behind your body. And I think I would just get a feeling that the backhand serve and the tomahawk serve have made a bit of a comeback because of that rule change. Is that your thoughts? Um. They've certainly made a comeback, but I don't know necessarily that it's because of the rule change. I think the pendulum serve was becoming so common that, like, everyone was doing it. So everyone was getting good at returning it as well. And I think, you know, just even a weaker backhand serve or a weaker pendulum or a tomahawk serve um, can be more troublesome to a lot of opponents because they just haven't played against it as much. So... Yeah, I, I think that's the main reason. Um, okay, so interesting. Yeah, very good. All right, now uh, Brock Alloys, he says, I have trouble with my forehand topspin because I always have a feeling I will hit the table with my bat. Do you know some tips? Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a hard one, isn't it? So, so what Brock's talking about there is, you know, the ball that just comes off the edge of the table and you come up and you're worried about hitting the, um, the table um, or the ball um, because the ball's just dropping off the um, end of the table on the second bounce. Firstly, watch the ball carefully. Secondly, really track the ball as it's coming out to you. So, so if you're tracking the ball as it's coming out to you, it's a little bit easier to judge whether it's going to be short or long. If it's short, you can push it or you can flick it. If it's long, then you can drop your bat below the table. And, um, and make the top spin. Always an awkward run. And try to practice it as much as you can. Um, multi-ball is a 
good way of practicing it. So get someone to just keep feeding the ball to you where that second bounce is just off the end of the table um, or sometimes short and just get practice in actually uh, judging whether that ball's going short or long. And then secondly, when the ball is going long, just reacting um, appropriately and making that, that top spin off, um, off that ball that's just come, dropping off the end of the table. Yeah, good tips there, Alois. And, you know, that judgment about making sure the ball is coming long before you play a forehand topspin is really good advice. I remember, and I think I may have talked about this on the show before, the first Australian Championships I went to, I was representing ACT. I think you were actually, this is the junior championships. I think you were coaching the Victorian team, Alice, again, while I was playing. And I thought this ball was coming long and I went to do this big forehand top spin, but it wasn't coming long. And my bat in my hand hit the edge of the table. The bat went flying and I cut open my fingers and blood was everywhere. It was not a pretty sight. I reckon it was 1989. I reckon it was table 18 or 19. Yes, that, that sounds right. Mm, yes. <laughs> so, old, old Albert Park Stadium. Yes, the old Albert Park Stadium. So make sure you judge the ball well. You don't want to do what I did. <laughs> I think I've still got a few little scars just on the end of my hand from that, Alice. All right. Um, now we have a question from Abbas. Alois, who says, I have a problem with, kid who always says fast and short balls to the corners of the table. If I go to the right corner, he serves to the left corner. If I go to the left, well, you know what happens. Yeah, so Abbas, the the real key here is watching that ball from the point of time that he has the ball on his hand and he's ready to serve. So you've got to watch that ball carefully. If there's a label on it, try to pick up the label or just pick up anything that you can see on the ball when the ball's actually in his hand. If you're watching it that intently, then you're going to get the best information as to which direction the ball is coming. If you're only half watching it and you're worrying about other things, then you don't pick up those really early cues and you might start heading in the wrong direction uh, when he's serving. So, so. There's no real tricks. Watching the ball is absolutely crucial. That's it. Yeah, there you go. And I guess, you know, being in a good position to return the serve is also important, Alice, like having a good basic stance because that gives you a stable balance to move fast if it does go to the corners. Yeah, the, ba- the basic stance is important. Yeah, Jeff, uh, absolutely right. So, um, so making sure that you're nice and balanced. Have your feet nice and wide apart. Get your uh, knees bent. Stay down as low as you can. And that will help you, firstly, to to be stable and and to be able to move in either direction and um, will will help you to return the the ball as well. Yep. Excellent. All right, Abbas. So hopefully those tips help you out and you can start returning those serves against this kid. All right. Let's move on to the next question from Wrexham, who says, when drilling in table tennis, I tend to become so stiff. How do I relax? Also, I can't hit the ball on the rise, and how do I hit the ball with the best timing? All right, so, so two things there, uh, Wrexham. So firstly, um, how do you relax? Well, the first thing is, and, and you've, you've obviously um, recognised this, 
the first thing and the most important thing is to recognise that you're tightening up. Next thing is to think about where you're tightening up. So often tightness comes in the shoulder or the elbow joint or the wrist or the fingers. You might start gripping the bat a little bit too tight, tightly. So just relax your fingers. Um, try to see if your elbow's tight, your shoulder's tight, um, whatever, and then just put a bit of focus on that and try to see if you can keep that relaxed um, during your shot. One good way of doing it is to just, if you if you feel something tighten, so if you feel this is tight, absolutely tighten it and then relax it and just feel the difference between having it really tight and relaxed. So that, that might be a nice little tip for you. The other one about hitting the ball on the rise, that becomes, it's a quite a difficult stroke, isn't it? Because the ball is still moving quite fast. It's rising up um, and you need to, contact the ball um, exactly at the right time. The The first thing is to make sure you're in a good position. So stay nice and close to the table or move yourself close to the table and in a balanced position. I often see people trying to make this shot when they're, when they're out there and, and stretching for it. So that's just not going to work. You just need to be nice and close to the ball um, and then give yourself the best chance at getting that timing right. Um, there's no real easy tips with the timing apart from practising and also perhaps just listening to the ball. If you listen to the ball um, as it's coming up uh, off the table and uh, as they're hitting it, da-da, da-da, um, just, yeah, that will help you with the timing a little bit as well. Indeed, indeed. All right, now Powell's just jumped on Alloys to Google Plus and has asked a couple of questions. So um, there's really two in one. He says... When I hit the fastest ball, they can still catch it. I think he means return it. And he says also, how do I make the ball spin very fast and powerful? Um, yeah, power. So um, to, firstly, to think about hitting the ball, or ball with a lot of spin, you need to brush the ball on contact. So by brushing the ball on contact, I'll just try and get the label in the right position for you to see. By, by brushing the ball on contact, you can see the ball starting to spin around. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is then to brush the ball faster. If you brush the ball faster, then the ball is going to also spin faster. So that's the key with actually getting um, more spin on the ball. Um, if, you want, if you're thinking about making a powerful stroke, then the spin that you're looking for is topspin. By getting topspin, the ball is going to dip down onto the table quickly and so therefore you can hit the ball a lot faster if you hit the ball flat and fast the ball is just going to keep sailing and head off over the end of the table so spinning the ball with top spin and fa- ooh, and fast is going to get the ball dipping down quickly um, and you'll get much more success with that sort of stroke the fast mm. top spin good good advice and then for the fact that even when he hits it hard, they still get it back, I guess, you know, you're obviously playing against quite a good player if they can return you fast um, shots. But table tennis isn't all about just hitting the ball fast all the time, is it, Alois? No, variation is really important. So if someone's, if someone's coping with your fast shots, try, try to hit the ball a bit slower with a little bit more spin or less spin and slower and faster. And, yeah, just variation is really important. Um, if you just keep hitting the ball fast, um, eventually the other person is going to be able to get onto 
um, the speed of the ball and be able to control that. So think about variation, really important key. Good point. And that uh, brings us on to another question, Alois, um, from Pragya, who is thinking about variation. Because uh, Pragya wants to know, does the action for the forehand toss in remain the same while hitting the ball parallel to the table as in straight? So I think he's talking about hitting the ball in different directions here. Is that right, Alice? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Pragya, um, so if you're trying to hit the ball cross-court or down the line, first important thing is to make sure that the stroke remains the same. So you're still playing the same stroke. So how do you change the direction then? So if I want to hit the ball cross-court, I can just hit the ball a little bit earlier. So if I'm hitting the ball earlier, my bat is at that point and that's where the ball's going to go. If I hit the ball a little bit later, then that's where my bat's facing and the ball's going to go down the line. So here the ball's going to go down the line. Here the contact is going to send the ball cross-court. So that's one way. The other thing that you can do is, again, have the same stroke, but just change the angle of your wrist slightly. So, one, I'm going to turn the angle in and hit the ball over there. Or two, I can turn the angle out and hit the ball uh, down the line. The stroke will still look the same. So, we're still doing this, but one will have the open wrist, one will have the closed wrist. So, so that's, um, that's a good way of thinking about playing the ball to different directions. Yeah, indeed. And I think, Alice, we have some videos on this exact topic. So I'm going to try and find those videos. And if I can, I'll put them in the show notes so everyone can have a look at those videos and uh, see what you've just described in action. All right. Next question is from uh, Joseph, who says, anyone has the idea how seamless balls are produced? If balls have a seam, it is simple, but without a seam, not so simple. Do you know anything about this, Alois? I know nothing, nothing at all. So it would be really interesting if, um, if any of the ping skills know about the manufacturing process. So it's hard to see there, but that ball has a seam. Where is it? Uh, hard, to, hard to see. Anyway, so, yeah, with, with, the, with the balls with a seam, um, Basically, they make it in two halves and, and stick it together. But with the seamless ones, that is really interesting, isn't it? I wonder how they do it. The um, really interesting to see. Yep. If you know, let us know. We'd love to find out. All right. Johnny has a question, Alice. He says, how would you do a topspin serve and what are some types of topspin serves? Right now, I just hit the ball like I would with the forehand topspin which is pretty obvious. Is there some other way with more deception? Ah, yes. Good, Johnny. So if you, so what Johnny's talking about is at the moment he just does this. So that's his topspin serve. So it becomes very obvious to your opponent that there's topspin on the ball. And it's hard to play that serve fast enough um, to make it really uh, challenging for your opponent. So what we need to do is with all of our serves that we do, we need to add an element of topspin into it. So, for example, with the tomahawk serve, you're starting with your bat there and going up and down. So that's that's the action for the tomahawk serve. 
If you hit the ball late in the swing when the bat's on the way down, you're going to get backspin. If you hit the ball early in the swing, though, here, when the bat's going up, then you're going to get topspin. So if you think about that basic principle, that can apply to all of your serves. So with the backhand serve, going down, going up. With the tomahawk serve, going up, going down. With the pendulum serve, going down, going up. So, yeah, um, that's that's the basic principle. And we've got um, a really detailed video on this um, in our serving secrets. And in each component of, um, of each different type of serve, we show you the different spins that you can do with those serves, you know, how to get the best side spin, top spin, back spin um, on those serves. We do indeed, Alois, and that is part of our premium membership. So if you really want to improve your table tennis, go to pingskills.com and check out our premium membership. Those service ones are really good. And Alois, I'm still editing the latest one where we've redone the pendulum serve one in HD. So that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. So premium members, look out for that video. Well, Alois, um, that wraps up the show. Um, All the questions are out of the way. Just wanted to finish with another little uh, story from my cubing competition, Alois, related to my age. I was solving the cube and I finished and the judge was a kid about 12 years old and he looked at me, he goes, have you been to many comps? I go, oh, you know, this is my third one. He goes, well, you're actually pretty good, especially for a dad. <laughs> oh, poor Jeffrey. How'd you, how'd you feel, And And I was really nervous at this competition for some reason, Alois. Um, I'm going to have to, you know, take a look at our sports psychology videos that we've got um, on our website and see if I can utilise them for my cubing um, because, yeah, I was really nervous at this competition. Yeah, it, it's good, isn't it? It's good that you uh, sort of feel that and, um, and yeah, you might be able to give us some really, really good experiences of how you can deal with it, you know, just taking time, breathing, um, thinking about what you need to do or just blanking, blanking the mind out because you, you basically already know what to do, right? So it's just... Yeah, uh, exactly. And I think, like, I'm not... Like, I'm one of the slowest cubers there, so the pressure is not... Um, not that, you know, I might win because I'm not, I'm not going to, right? I'm not good enough to do that. But it's really just the expectation on myself that I want to do my best that seems to be putting that pressure on me, which is kind of silly because, you know, there's real no expectation at all. So I should learn to just, you know, like you said, just, you know, take it easy, relax, blank the mind out, yeah, and just do what I've got to do. Yeah, but it's competitive though, Jeff, right? And you That's just right. want to... You just want to do your best. You want to be your best. That's that's good. It's it's a good challenge. I like it. Indeed. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So for my next cube comp, I'm going to work on that and see if I can, uh, you know, be more relaxed going into the cube or, you know, less nervous and just, you know, perform just at my best. You need you need me there for your practice sessions, Jeffrey. So when I, <laughs> I'm sure when I was, when I was heckling you and hassling you during your practice sessions, you you performed pretty well. So. We need, we need a heckler. Okay, indeed. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you check out our website, pingskills.com, and if you get nervous playing table tennis like I got nervous doing the cubing, check out our sports psychology section. And we will see you tomorrow for another big show. 
Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey, And thanks, uh, Ping Skills, for getting on and asking all those questions. Great job.